Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to another episode of Jum'ah Nights as I mentioned last week we're going to be speaking about a new series now with regards to women in Islamic history today we're going to be speaking about Sayyidah Fatima Zahra alayha afdullah salatu wassalam and each week we're going to be discussing another personality from the woman in Islamic history so without further ado let's get straight into it to begin by discussing a ayah of the Quran in Surah Al-Bayyinah. Allah says in ayah number 4 of Surah Al-Bayyinah after the Basmalah, He says, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ وَنَفَاءَ وَيُقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ Allah says in the Quran, and they were not ordered except to worship Allah, مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ Sincere towards him, upright, and to establish the prayer and to give the zakats, and that is the religion of the qayyimah. When you look at the translation of this verse, you might see here that some people have translated it as that is the upright religion at the end, right? But I translated it as. And that is the religion of the Qayyimah. And I'll explain what the Qayyimah is and why I've translated it in this manner. In the Arabic language, we see here that there's a nasb. There's a attribution of the deen to a entity. And that is represented grammatically, which we don't want to get too much into. However, it is from a grammatical position that we can see here that the deen has been attributed to an entity called Al-Qayyimah. And we find this in the rest of the Quran as well. If we open the Quran and we look through it completely, we will see that the deen has been attributed to three things when we're speaking about Islam, right? We see that the deen is attributed to Allah when it says deenullah or deenillah, right? So we have the Quran attributing the deen to Allah. That's one attribution. The other is deenul haq, right? We have the deen of al-haq, right? And we have, we have that in many famous ayat. For example, Allah says in the Quran, Allah He says, It is He who has sent His Messenger with the guidance, and the religion of Al Haq. Right? So we have Deenullah, we have Deenul Haq, and this is the last attribution we see in the Quran, right? The third one. Where Allah says, وَذَلِكَ دِينُ And He ascribes it to an entity. So with regards to Deen Al-Haq and the Deen being attributed to this entity called Al-Haq, we know who this entity is. Of course, this refers to Ali ibn Abi Talib والسلام, who Al-Haq is another name for him in the Quran. The same way Sirat Al-Mustaqim is another name for Amir Mu'mineen in the Quran and many other names that are given to Amir Mu'mineen by the Quran and of course we have the famous narration that Ali is with the Haq and the Haq is with Ali and the Haq goes wherever Ali goes right so we can see here that with that meaning established from Rasulullah wasallam, we can see that attribution being made in the Quran about the deen al-Haq but here we have وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ and that is the religion of the Qayyimah 
And this is the third kind of attribution of the deen in the Quran to a third entity called Al-Qayyimah. And we can see here that Al-Qayyimah is a feminine word. We can see that it has a Tamarabuta on the end, right? So even if we were to think and we were to say, who is this entity that is being referred to in this verse? And we were to not have a hadith specifically with regards to this ayah explaining to us who Al-Qayyimah is, we would be able to know who it would be. We would know that it would be Sayyidina Fatima Zahra because there would be nobody greater in status or more befitting of this status than Sayyidina Fatima Zahra Because what does Al-Qayyimah mean? Al-Qayyimah means the overseer, someone who manages affairs of something, someone who oversees the matters of what is going on in a specific place, right? And here Allah is saying, Deenul Qayyimah, the religion of the overseer, which is Fatima alayhi salatu wasalam. We see in a narration from Imam al-Baqir alayhi salatu wasalam, I'm going to read for you from Bihar al-Anwar, volume number 23. On page 369, Shaykh al-Majesty narrates a narration that was narrated by al-Barqi, who says that Imam al-Baqir alayhi salatu wasalam did tafsir of this very verse, and he mentioned, وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ قَالَ أَبِي جَعْفَرٍ Imam al-Bakhir هِيَ فَاطِمَةِ He said, it is Fatima who is being mentioned in this verse as the Qayyimah. So we can see that we have a hadith with regards to this also. But even if we were to not have a hadith from the principles of tafsir, we would be able to see that this verse is speaking about Sayyidina Fatima. So what now when we have a hadith to further confirm this fact? And what does this Qaymuma entail, right? This is something that you would almost imagine as a very motherly role, right? When we think about our households, right? And someone who looks after the affairs of the household, that's your mother, right? She's the person that will look after the affairs, right? The same way, obviously, you would say, obviously, the father may be the head of the household, but someone who actually looks after the affairs of it, that's the mother, right? She plays that role in ensuring everything is in its place. Everything is happening as it should be in the house, right? Everything is clean. Everything is in the place that it should be in, right? That's the role of the mother. And this is the role that Sayyidah Fatima plays in a number of aspects. She is the qayyima. She is the overseer of creation. She is the overseer over her family, over her religion. And this is the qaymuma that is described for Sayyidah Fatima, right? She is the overseer of not only her family, and the religion of Islam, but the whole of existence. And these are the three aspects that we are going to discuss today. Her qaymuma over her family, number one. And number two, her qaymuma over the religion. And number three, her qaymuma or her overseeing nature over the whole of existence as we know it. Right? So the first text that I want to examine with regards to this is a very familiar text to us, right? is none other than Hadith Al-Kisa, which we read very often. Look at what Jibra'il says, right, to Allah. When he asks Allah, yeah, he says, and who is under the cloak? فَقَالَ الْأَمِينُ جِبْرَائِيلُ يَا رَبِّي وَمَنْ تَحْتَ الْكِسَاء Oh my Lord, and who is under the cloak? فَقَالَ أَزَّ وَجَلَّ هُمْ أَحْلُ بَيْتِ النَّبُوَّةِ وَمَعْدِنُ الرِّسَالَةِ Allah responds, he says, they are the Ahl Bayt of Nubuwa 
and the pillar of the Risala Hum Fatimatu. They are Fatima and her father and her husband and her children, her sons. Notice that Allah places Fatima as the center of the household. He mentions her by name and he only attributes the rest to her. He says Fatima wa 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 He says Fatima and her father and her husband and her sons. If you think about it here, Fatima Zahra, she is not greater in status than Rasulullah. So it would have made if this was a matter of greatness and rank, right? Here, Allah surely he would mention it would be Rasulullah, for example, he would say it would be Muhammad, his daughter, his cousin, and his two grandchildren. For example, Allah could have said that. He could have attributed them all to Muhammad But why did he not do that? Because Fatima is the qayyima. She is the overseer. She is the one who binds that together. She is the authority for what goes on in this area. Right, even amongst the Ahlul Bayt and that is a position that is specific to her. Right, that is a position that is only for Sayyidah Fatima in the Ahlul Bayt She is the overseer over the affairs even of Ahlul Bayt And this is further reinforced by the Messenger of Allah in the famous narration. He says that Sayyidah Fatima is Ummu Abiha. She is the mother of her father. Right, a lot of the time. We look at this on a very surface level. We think, okay, cool. This is about Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, he had injuries and he had, you know, he had problems. And you know, say the Fatima, she used to look after him like a mother. For example, say Rasulullah used to call her a mother out of love for her and out of his, you know, out of her being like a mother for him. No, this is actually a very deep title. This is Rasulullah saying she is the qayma over this family, even for even. If you were to include me in this list of names, then Fatima is the Qayyimah. Fatima, Fatima tu wa abuha wa ba'luha wa banuha. You do see how there's a symmetry between those two ideas. The idea that Fatima is the mother of her father and the idea that here Fatima was the only one that was mentioned. She was the center of that family, the overseer of that family. This is the Qaymuma that is described with regards to the family of Ahl al-Bayt and the position of Sayyidah Fatima as the Qayyimah of this family. And you have to bear in mind, when we say, you know, that our mothers are handling the affairs of our household, there is no comparison between our household and the household that we are speaking of here. This is not my household or your household. This is the household upon which the angels descend with ayats of the Quran. This is the, the, the household upon which the angels will knock to get permission before coming into that household. This is the household that Sayyidah Fatima is the Qayyimah of. And then we have her Qaymuma over the religion, which is represented by a level of Imama that belongs specifically to Sayyidah Fatima Zahra alayhi salatu wasalam. If we take a look at a narration from Imam al-Mahdi alayhi salatu wasalam, or a report rather, in the book of Tawqiyat, right? We have um, in volume 53 of Bihar al-Anwar, the bab of the Tawqiyat, the letters that Imam al-Mahdi wrote, right? 
So at this point, there were those who were claiming the imama falsely, right? As Imam Mahdi had gone into a quotation, he'd gone into Ghayba, right? So the Shi'as, they were a bit confused and there were people that were calling for the imama towards themselves. Yeah, specifically Ja'far al-Kadhab, right? The uncle of Imam al-Mahdi He was calling for the imam towards himself. Imam al-Mahdi writes in this tawqiyah, he says while speaking with regards to these people who have falsely claimed the imama for themselves, he mentions al-mudda'i ma laysa lahu, the one who is claiming that which is not for himself, al-jahidu haqqa man iftarad allahu ta'atahu. He's like that person who is rejecting and fighting the person who Allah has made his his obedience obligatory. Al-Ghasib, the one who is oppressed and he has taken away our rights. And then what does he say? Wafi ibnati Rasulillahi li uswatun hasana. He says, and for me is a great example in the daughter of Rasulullah, Sayyidah Fatimah Zahra, alayhi salatu wasalam. In what? In speaking against those who take away the rights of Imama from us, right? So this is showing that Imam al-Mahdi, he's, he's saying that me in establishing my Imama, in ensuring that I can safeguard the belief of our Shia, for me an example is Sayyidah Fatima al-Zahra. This is the Imam of our time, a ma'asum Imam. Right? The same way that in the Quran Allah says to us that لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا Yeah, Allah says to us that for you is a great example in Rasulullah. Or for example, Allah says that there's a great example for you in Nabi Ibrahim for us, for example. For us normal people, we take these people as our examples. These are our grand examples. Imam al-Mahdi, the Imam of our time, the Ma'asum Imam. He says, I take Sayyidah Fatima Zahra as an example for myself in Imama. Imagine that. So what is the level of the Imam of Sayyidah Fatima Zahra? If Imam al-Mahdi takes her as an example in her Imama. This is the Qayyimah of Ahlul Bayt This is the Qayyimah and this is her Imama being manifest and being made clear by her son, Imam al-Mahdi And we see this same idea from Imam al Hussein on the day of Ashura, we have a narration where he says that uh, my father is greater than me, and my mother is greater than me, and my older brother is greater than me. Right? He mentions these in a, in a line. Right? He's speaking about Imam here again. Right? And he's showing that these Imams that came before him are greater, and he mentions his mother in that line as well. You have that silsila of Imama that includes Sayyidah Fatima Zahra alayha salatu wasalam. And we see Sayyidah Fatima actually mentioning this herself with regards to her Imama. You see how Imam al-Mahdi, Imam al-Hujjah alayhi salatu wasalam, he's mentioned here that Sayyidah Fatima was a good example for him in terms of establishing the Imam of Ahl al-Bayt alayhi salatu wasalam and standing against those who oppress and they take the rights of the Imam. What do we find that Sayyidah Fatima says in her khutbah of Fadak when she stood in front of the first and the second caliph and she demanded her right of Fadak? What does she say? She says very famously, and this is recorded in Dala'ilul Imama by Muhammad ibn Jarir al-Tabari, the Shi'i Muhammad ibn Jarir al-Tabari, um, who narrates that Sayyidah Fatima Zahra said, وَطَاعَتَنَا نِذَامًا لِلْمِلَّةِ 
our obedience is what will keep the ummah, right? The group of Muslims in order. وَإِمَامَتَنَا أَمَانٌ مِنَ الْفُرْقَةِ And our imama, our imama, say the Fatima includes herself. وَإِمَامَتَنَا Our imama is a safeguarding from division, right? And this is again her qaymuma, this is her qayyama status. When today even, when we take a look at the positions that we hold with regards to people in history, how do we assess these individuals, right? When someone comes to us and they say for us, for example, what is your position from this person in history? We are able to very clearly say our position with regards to them is the position of Fatima Zahra and that is something that is so clear that no one can deny, right? That is something that has been recorded in our books and in their books. For example, with regards to the first caliph or the second caliph, what is your position with regards to them? We say we have the same position as Sayyidina Fatima Zahra. Her imama, believing in her imama is the safeguarding from division, right? Because it is not us who divided ourselves. Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Imran, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, he says, and hold on to the rope of Allah and do not become divided. And the rope of Allah are none other than the Ahlul Bayt We have held on to the rope of Allah and we haven't divided. Those who left the rope of Allah are those who have divided themselves, right? And that's why Sayyidina Fatima says, our imama is a safeguarding from division. This is the qayyama over the religion, right? And this is why we are able to use her position and to hold her position today with regards to these historical personalities. And with all of this context, we can see that Sayyidina Fatima, she holds a very high status with regards to her qaymuma, with regards to her overseeing the affairs of the religion and Al-Bayt And this makes sense when we look at the narrations that are attributed, for example, we have a narration attributed to Imam Al-Askari In the context of everything that we have said, this narration makes perfect sense. That Imam Al-Askari would say that we are the proofs of Allah upon his creation and our grandmother Fatima Zahra is a proof upon us. This is to show that Sayyidina Fatima Zahra, she holds the authority and she oversees the matters of the Imams that come after her, from her children, from Imam Al-Hassan, Al-Mushtaba, all the way to the Imam of our time, Al-Qa'im, Salam. So you can see here that Sayyidina Fatima Zahra, she holds that level of authority and proof even um, above the other Imams that come after, according to the narration of Imam Al-Asqari, and it is in line completely with everything that we have already mentioned from the Qur'an, mentioning her as Qayyimah, from Hadith Al-Kisa'a, mentioning her as the center of the household with regards to this tawqiyah of Imam, Imam Sahib al-Zaman mentioning her as his example with regards to Rasulullah calling her as Ummu Abiha we can see with all of these contexts um, uh, set out that the narration of Imam al-Askari makes complete perfect sense and then we take a final look with regards to the qaymuma, the overseeing responsibility and ability of Sayyidina Fatima and her high rank with regards to existence. We've spoken about her qaymuma over her family members, over the religion as a whole. But look at this narration here. And this is where the true aqidah of the Shia, it comes prevalent. It comes clear for everybody to see in this very clear narration. 
we have the narration from Muhammad ibn Sinan who comes to Imam al-Jawad and this narration is mentioned in the first volume of Usul al-Kafi. We have on page 334 of the edition I have, I've mentioned previously many times that I have the edition Darul Murtada, so it's possible that the page number is not the same um, as the most famous edition. However, we have a narration from Imam al-Jawad. Muhammad ibn Sinan, he says, Kuntu inda Abi Ja'far al-Thani. Abi Ja'far al-Thani is a title for Imam al-Jawad. He says, I was with um, Imam al-Jawad. So I mentioned to him the differences between the Shia. فقال, ya Muhammad. This is the Imam now speaking to Muhammad ibn Sinan. He says, Ya Muhammad. Inna Allah tabarak wa ta'ala lam yazal mutafarridan biwahdaniyatih. Indeed, Allah was alone in his oneness. There was a point in time, and I don't like to use the word time. However, this is just to bring the idea closer to the minds. He says that Allah was alone in his oneness. Then he created Muhammad and Ali and Fatima. These are the three creations of Allah before anything else. So they remained together as the only things within existence for a thousand lifetimes. You have to bear in mind when the Imam mentions the word Alf, the word, the word a thousand, this is the biggest number in the Arabic language, right? When we have now million and all of these things, these are all taken from English. In the original Arabic language, Alf is the greatest number in the Arabic language, a thousand. So this is to say an infinite number of lifetimes. This is a, the greatest amount of lifetimes, right? Then he created everything else after that. It says that then he created everything else and he made them witness to that which he created and he made that which he created be bound in obedience to these three to Muhammad and Ali and Fatima and he gave them the affairs and he gave them the control of the affairs of that which he has created you see here it says that they are able to make halal that which they want and they are able to make haram which that which they want and they will never wish or will for anything except by the will of Allah right so this is pure tawheed this is pure tawheed let not anybody fool you into saying look here Allah has given them control of the affairs and he has left it to them no that is not what we believe we believe that the amr is one right the amr is of Allah's is the ahl bayt wassalam, whom he has given control they act as the enactors of the will of Allah when it mentions that they make halal what they want and they make haram which they want, this is speaking with regards to existence. This is not speaking with regards to fiqh. Like when we say they, that, uh, for example, pork is haram or alcohol is haram and they can make this haram. Of course, it does extend to that with regards to wilayah tashri'iyya. The imam is able to make certain things ha halal and certain things haram. But this is speaking about the taqwini stage. This is speaking about creation because everything that has followed 
everything that has come before this is with regards to creation. Allah was alone. Then he created Muhammad and Ali and Fatima. Then they remained together for a thousand lifetimes. Then he created everything else. And then he made them witness their creation. And he made, them obe he made the creation obedient to them. And then he gave the affairs of the creation to them. And then it says, For whom This is an important clause that you have to bear in mind. It says here that they do not wish for anything except that Allah wished it first. This is the Amr. Their Amr is one. The Amr of Allah is exactly what the Ahl Bayt enact. It's one Amr. We do not say that Allah gave the affairs of the world to the Ahl Bayt and He left them to do whatever they wish. That is the belief of the Mufawd. That is the belief of the Ghulat. And we'll be speaking about the Ghulat, inshallah, in um, uh, episodes to come uh, in, in the future. But if we carry on here in the narration, what does Imam say then to Muhammad ibn Sinan after having explained this to him? This is the Aqidah that is a clear Aqidah, yeah? Which, because Muhammad ibn Sinan has come and he said, this is an issue with the Shia, right? This is a problem that we're having and the Imams told him this. What does the Imam say after that? He says, ثُمَّ قَالْ يَا مُحَمَّدْ هَذِهِ مَنْ تَقَدَّمَهَا مَرَقْ وَمَنْ تَخَلَّفَ عَنْهَا مَحَقْ وَمَنْ لَزِمَهَا لَحِقْ خُذْهَا إِلَيْكَ يَا مُحَمَّدْ He says, this is the religion, this is the aqeedah that whomsoever was to precede it or do more than what I have said here, then he's, he's gone too far. And the one who he says less than what I have said, then he has, he has not done justice to this matter. And whoever was to hold on to this, he will reach his destination. He's reached the correct aqeedah of the Ahl al-Bayt Then he says, Take this with you, Ya Muhammad. This is the correct aqeedah of the Shia. That the Imams of creation, the Masters of creation and existence are Muhammad and Ali and Fatima. These are the three masters of creation. Take this with you, Ya Muhammad. This is the belief of the Shia. This is the clear aqidah of the Shia. And this is where it shows you her qaymuma even on a greater level. That she is the one who witnessed creation. She is the one who creation is in obedience to her. She is the one that she makes halal which she wants and she makes haram that which she wants. This is her imama and this is her qaymuma. This is Sayyidah Fatima Zahra. What more can I say when Imam Al-Jawad, he has said this so clearly and so eloquently in this narration. And what we can see is that these three imams, they are the imams of the imams. There's different chains of imama, right? We have the 12 imams which is obviously as we all know and we have the 14 imams which is the 14 ma'asumin and we have here the three imams Muhammad, Ali and Fatima these are the imams of the imams these guys are the authority over the rest of the imams and the greatest of them in rank and we see this order very often Muhammad, Ali, Fatima, Hassan, Hussein you can see that they are ranked in terms of greatness and we find that in many different parts of our literature as well. What's interesting is that the Imam, he uses these words that say, he says at the end, These words are very familiar and we see them in 
زيارت جامعة الكبيرة. We have in I'm reading from Fatih al-Jinan. The Imam says, and this is an evidence or this is an explanation that Ziyad Jami'ah is also with regards to Sayyidah Fatima. All of these high ranks that are mentioned here are for Sayyidah Fatima and even greater than that. We see in Ziyad Jami'ah, Imam al-Hadi, he teaches us to say, فَالْرَاغِبُ أَنْكُمْ مَارِقْ وَالْلَازِمُ لَكُمْ لَاهِقْ You see, it's the same words that were mentioned there. The one who forsakes you, he's gone far from the religion. And the one who holds on to you, he will reach his destination. You see the same words are used. Maraq and Lahiq are mentioned in that same narration. So we see here that Sayyidah Fatima is one of the ones who is intended by these lines. And the one who doesn't give you your rights and he doesn't give his duties towards your rights, then he will perish. This is a beautiful line. He says, And the truth is with you, ma'akum, wafikum, and in you, waminkum, and from you, wa'ilaykum, and towards you. This is the Ahlul Bayt, These are this is the center of Ahlul Bayt, say the Fatima Zahara, which all of these lines are about. And we find in Ziyar Jami'ah where we say, with regards to the Amr of Allah. وَأَمْرُهُ إِلَيْكُمْ And his affair is unto you, right? And that is exactly in line with the narration that we read in Al-Kafi from Imam Al-Jawad with regards to فَهُمْ يُحِلُّونَ مَا يَشَاءُونَ وَيُحَرِّمُونَ مَا يَشَاءُونَ وَلَنْ يَشَاءُوا إِلَّا إِنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهِ So we can see a very clear symmetry between the du'as and the ziyarat and the ahadith of the imams and the Qur'an وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ It calls her the overseer it calls her the one who manages the affairs. And of course, there are many ayat in the Quran that can be discussed. Um, but with a shortage of time, we had a lot of literature to get through. So we have not been able to go through all of the ayat in the Quran. However, I hope that that has given you a good understanding with regards to the rank of Al-Qayyimah. And may Allah make us from those who recognize the rights of Sayyidah Fatima Zahra and we give them to her combating those who took her rights away from her and as we all know Sayyidah Fatima Zahra والسلام, is, has a rank that none of us can understand even everything that we've spoken about today it wouldn't even scratch the service with regards to Sayyidah Fatima and we know that because we can never understand her in accordance with the Quran we have a narration here from Imam Sadiq where he says with regards to verse of Surah Al-Qadr Allah says Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Inna anzalnahu fi laylatil qadr Indeed we have revealed it on the night of power on the layla of Qadr Imam Sadiq says Al-layla Fatima The night is Fatima Wal-Qadr Allah And the power is Allah Faman arafa Fatima he says, so for the one who knows Fatima, knowing her in the way that she should be known, the way that we should have ma'rif about her, he would know the secret of the Laylatul Qadr. This is a beautiful line. He says, and she was only named Fatima because all of creation have been 
cut off from being able to understand her. To, from being able to understand her ma'rifah. Look at what Allah says in the Quran. And what do you know about Laylatul Qadr? What are you going to be able to know? You are a mere human being, a mere normal person. How can you know the understanding and the depth of Laylatul Qadr? This is Sayyidah Fatima to Zahra. This is what the Quran says about her. What do you know about Laylatul Qadr? What do you know of Fatima to Zahra? And then if we look at another narration, lastly, with regards to why she was named Fatima to Zahra, and in this world, it mentions Summiyat Fatima fil Ard li'annaha Fatimat shi'ataha min al-nar She was mentioned as Fatima because she has protected her Shia from the hellfire. وَفُطِمُ عَادَعُهَا أَنْ حُبِّهَا And her Enemies have been cut off and been set away from understanding her and being able to love her. You see here, this is another indication with regards to her qaymuma. She has the keys to paradise in her hands. She is the qayyama of this religion, of her family, of all of existence. And paradise is but a fraction of existence. Paradise is but a fraction of wujud, right? And the key to it is in our hands. May Allah make us all from the followers of Sayyidah Fatima, from the people who recognize her qaymuma, from those who recognize her imama, from those who use her as a source of faith and belief and strength in our religion. And may we all be granted the intercession of Blessed Lady Fatima Zahra on the Day of Judgment, inshallah. So today in Jum'ah Reflections, we want to speak about the importance of maintaining our sadness with regards to Imam Al-Hussein from the first 10 nights and after Ashura till Arba'een and from the Day of Arba'een till the day of Eid al-Zahra, right? So a lot of, for a lot of us, this is something that's a bit of an issue, it's a bit hard, right? So there's some people that say, for example, that you should wear black throughout these, uh, this time. Um, and this is something that we do find in the literature. There is some narrations that mention that on the day of Eid al-Zahra is a day that is the removal of black, right? So we can see that from the Ahl-Bayt they have really set importance on wearing black um, in this period of time. We have some narrations also that mention that when the time of Muharram would come, you would see the Imams in a somber state. They would not be smiling and happy and you know, there would be a, a level of um, solemnness about them um, in the time of Muharram. And that's why it's important for us to uphold that tradition of Ahlul Bayt And also beyond Arba'een, Right, so obviously the Imams say that Imam Rudha, for example, والسلام, he says that our Shia are those who are happy when we are happy and they are sad for our sadness. Right, so that's something that we have to uphold. And if the Imams of Ahl Bayt والسلام, are saying that the sadness and the removal of black is on the day of Eid al Zahra, then that's something that we should try our best. Right, it's obviously very hard um, to always wear black. and 
that is something that possibly is not always going to be realistic. But just have it in the back of your mind that, you know, this is a time of mourning. This is a time that the Ahl Bayt والسلام, are in sadness. And how should we be thinking about the Ahl Bayt والسلام? If you think about tradition, like for example, in our families, sometimes we are so strong in our tradition of our families that if our grandfather for example was to pass away or someone that was close to us was to pass away we wouldn't be seen laughing for a month right we would be very sad to see our grandfathers pass away or people that are close to us pass away and we we would be remembering them throughout those those times as much as we can right so imam al-hussein and his musibah is incomparable that is something that we should hold above our own family and our own relatives and we should show it the honor and the respect that it deserves so as much as we can we should try our best to wear black if it's not possible or for example you know all the black clothes are in the wash for example and you know you've only got another color top or whatever you know you 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 don't be too like serious about it don't think, you know, this is like, you know, a sin or I've caused a huge problem or I'm going to go to hell for this. No, but just have it in the back of your mind that, okay, cool, I'm wearing this. Like, you know, it's it's not black, but I'm going to try and wear black tomorrow, for example, right? You're going to have that in the back of your mind that you should be wearing black and trying your best to wear black as much as possible, right? So that's, I think, how we should look at it. That's just my personal opinion. If you guys have any ideas, please do leave it in the comment section below. Or, you know, reach out to us on Instagram. Um, with regards to topics for Jum'ah Reflections, if you have any ideas or things that you want to be spoken about, make sure you reach out to us on YouTube or on Instagram or on TikTok, right? Some of you may know me personally and I'm available. I'm online on Twitter, on Instagram. And a DM would be great on what topics you guys want to be spoken about in the future so that we can keep all of the topics engaging and things that you guys want to hear about. So inshallah, um, I'll be seeing you again next week where we'll be carrying on our series with regards to women in Islamic history. And I'll see you again for that next week. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.